0: click on how to join and fill out the form their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier happier
1: louder the skyline is my veins you can never put that out no matter how hard it rains hello everybody and welcome to the 231st episode of real Hawk talk I am Brian M Hauser and you can find me on Twitter at hawk uh, Wow. Don't know how long I'm going to be able to talk about this game today, folks, because that was an absolute embarrassment out there today. Um, I have been able to control my expectations for this team all season. I came in with super low expectations They kept you know, doing well, I kept my expectations reasonable all the way up into last week against the Cardinals where I was like, Hey, I picked the Cardinals. I picked the Cardinals to win that game. I was like, the Seahawks are riding too high. They're going to come back to earth. They're not as good as we think they are. The Cardinals are playing for the whole season. It's at home for the Cardinals. That's going to be a game that the Seahawks just have a, a step back and then they'll get back on track. I was a week off. I got fooled. I got fooled. I got fooled by the way the Seahawks played last week. I got fooled by the fact that they went to six and three, three games over 500, and in position to actually take control of this division remarkably. They're going to play a Bucks team that while – Talented, is super flawed, struggles crazily on offense. And I expected this to be a home game for the Seahawks, essentially. I think the, the Seahawks fans were going to be loud and, and maybe even outnumber the Bucks fans in Munich. And what we saw was just fucking awful. It was so awful. I have not been so angry in a Seahawks game in I don't know how long. And the only way I get that angry is when I actually believe this team has potential to do something good. And they just fucking blew it today. If you're looking for not bad language, you're missing it. Cause this is going to be, I don't know what I'm going to say, but man, I am just so angry at the way this team came out on offense, on defense. I listened to a bucks podcast this week and they were Bemoaning the fact that they couldn't believe that, the, that even the Bucs were favored. Their own team, they were like, I can't believe the Bucs are favored. I think the Seahawks are a better team. And they spent a lot of time talking about how bad Leonard Fournette has been running the ball. They talked a lot about White and that White should be getting more carries. And what you saw in this game was they came out with their season on the line determined with everybody's everybody writing them off and they came out determined to run the ball they came out determined to play physical football what the Seahawks do they they deactivated Brian Monet one of their big defensive tackles for this game because they figured that the Bucks were going to pass the ball all day guess what didn't happen Bucks came out ran it down their fucking throats it's embarrassing shameful That is the one thing you cannot do on defense. You cannot let a team run it down the middle of the field on you. And they did it time and again. Third and two, third and three toss plays didn't really matter.
2: The Seahawks had no answer for it.
1: I uh, just so aggravated. Um, they They didn't cover many people. Tom Brady was fine today. He wasn't great. He was fine. A lot of the guys he was hitting were wide open. Their first touchdown was on a broken coverage. Nobody guarding a guy. The second week in a row where a guy in the red zone runs across the field and there's nobody close. We've been spoiled by Pete Carroll getting... We've been spoiled by Pete Carroll getting his team ready to play week in, week out, wherever they are. They were not ready to play today. They were not ready to play today. And people can say, ah, the Bucks played a great game and they played super hard bullshit. That team is going to be a bad team the rest of the year. There's a reason that they got blown out by the Panthers. There's a reason that they were under 500 coming into this game. There's a reason this was their big win. They scored 21 points. This is not a good team. It is a terrible offense. Tons of missed tackles in this game. Tons of just getting blocked up in this game. It's just aggravating. Now, look, Geno Smith. This was not a Geno Smith game that you're going to want to look back on happily. He was awful in the first half. I thought he was indecisive. There was a first down he could have easily run for. I mean, it was two yards. He had no one in front of them and he threw it into triple coverage. I mean, that was the Geno Smith we expected to get this season, not the Geno Smith we've seen. He basically just screwed the whole first
2: half. Uh, (laughs) That fumble.
1: 14 to three, get an interception, move the ball down the field. He immediately just gave up on the play, put his head down. That was like a, that was an inexperience. That's a shitty QB play. When you give up on the play within, you know, two seconds of the snap, one and a half seconds, He put his head down, started looking to run. And then he fumbles. I mean, that when he was hitting his head on the sideline at the end, as the team was losing, that's the play he was thinking of. That's the play he was thinking of. I mean, not a play you can make. It was awful.
2: I didn't expect the Seahawks to get pass rush pressure. Wish they didn't. But ugh.
1: this this was this was a game that the Seahawks are going to really regret. It's one thing to have lost the games to New Orleans and Atlanta teams that you really should have beaten, but it was a different team back then. This particular version of the Seahawks team that had figured things out and was playing better football, they absolutely botched this game. This is going to be a game that they're going to regret one way or another. Might even be in a tiebreaker with Tampa for all we know. So I see... (laughs) There's people on all sides of the spectrum here, as usual. There's going to be people that are like, oh, my God, all right, I'm ready to tank. The season's over. Geno's as bad as we thought. That is ridiculous. I mean, Geno just doesn't all of a sudden get bad. This is – I said it before the game. This was the best defense the Seahawks have played since the 49ers and the Broncos, and it is absolutely the best coverage defense, hands down of any defense that the Seahawks have played so far this year. It was going to be hard. I thought that they might score 20 points. Like, I thought that was a reasonable expectation. And honestly, they should have. They should have scored more than 20 points. But this wasn't a a game where all of a sudden my opinion of Gino changes. It was just a shit game. It was a blown opportunity. And then there's other folks who are like, hey, you know, they played hard and – Don't worry about it. Like, you know, why, why make such a big deal of it? Because if you get, if you, if you lose the game like that to an under 500 team, when you don't come out to play and you're not upset about it, then I'm sorry. Like we're different fans. It's okay. I'm not going to tell you that you're doing it the wrong way or whatever. But I, I think this team can do something. I think this team can get to the playoffs. I think they can win some playoff games. And this game hurts. This is an NFC game against another division uh, leader, even though they suck. And a game that was essentially an extra home game because there were going to be so many Seahawks fans there. And against a team that has real flaws. And what did you do? You couldn't run the ball at all. Against the 23rd rank run defense, you just shit the bed running the ball. You didn't come out ready to play. You didn't come out with a good game plan. You looked like tourists in the first half. You looked like a team that maybe was young for the first time. Maybe this was where youth showed up for the first time. But I just didn't. <laughs> maybe it's a lack of sleep. I had trouble sleeping, getting ready for this game. But I'm lucky my house is still standing. There's no broken windows. I was pissed off and it's fitting that it ended the way it did the bucks just running down our throats passing it when they wanted to that was what this game was so i'm going to look up really quickly because i am a glutton for punishment i'm going to look up the, the stats i'm sure they will be absolutely awful um Amazing that Geno Smith ends the day with 115.1 passer rating. (laughs) 275 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. That was not the day that Geno Smith had. Uh, He also is our leading rusher with four carries for 22 yards. Kenneth Walker, 10 carries for 17 yards. Longest run of the day, five fucking yards against one of the worst run defenses in football. Don't tell me that Akeem Hicks came back and that changes everything. Bullshit. No one player changes you from 23 to first in run defense. Doesn't happen. Unless you're Aaron Donald. And that's not who Akeem Hicks is. Man. Uh, Cody Barton seemed to have a decent game, had a nice interception. Give him credit for that. Had some good tackles. I thought Kobe Bryant had a rough game. I think they targeted him quite a bit. I thought Mike Jackson had a rough game. Um, Seahawks ended up with the day with one, one. One quarterback hit. One. Now, the Bucks. As good as they are pass rushing, they're a better pass rushing team than the Seahawks only had six quarterback hits. They did have three sacks, but they had six quarterback hits. So not bad on that front. Bucks end up with 420 yards of offense, 5.7 yards per play. Seahawks ended up with the same 5.7 yards of play but the Bucs had 74 plays and the Seahawks had 50. So the Seahawks had 283 yards of offense, under 300 yards of offense. Oh, that running game. I mean, everybody knew the running game was going to decide this one, but everybody thought it was going to be the other way around. Seahawks running game against the Bucks bad rush defense and the Bucks terrible rush offense against the Seahawks' good rush defense. Didn't work out. Did not work out. I thought a key play early in this game that I thought was a tone-setting choice and kind of showed weakness was Pete Carroll not going for it on fourth and six. Initially, they left Geno Smith in the offense on the field, and Geno looked like he was ready, and I would have put money on him to to convert that. Instead, they bring on Michael Dixon and take a delay a game to kick a punt And I just hated that decision. I think that was a decision that Pete would have made in the last few years. And I literally was about to type into Twitter like this is the difference with Pete this year. He believes in this team. He's going to go for it. Even if you think it's going to be a defensive struggle. So what you give the other team, the ball, like the, was it like the 40 yard line? It's like, not the end of the world. I think it was even like in the 35 yard, I don't know, something like that. It was in the, I think it was in the thirties, but whatever. That was a chance for the Seahawks to still seize control. Zero, zero at that point, I believe. And uh, I, I really didn't like that choice. Um, interesting on the interception for Tariq Woolen. I don't know if other folks noticed this, but when they first ran the Wildcat with Leonard Fournette and they showed Tom Brady, nobody covered him. And I thought to myself, I wonder if Tampa saw that. I wonder if they did, because then they run it again and they throw to him. But this time, Tariq was there, picked it off. So best news of today, Tariq Woolen gets his fifth interception, league leading. Great. I mean, happy for Tariq. Um, yeah. I don't have a lot for you all today. I wanted to come on and just share my frustration. Uh, I'm sure that other folks do as well. Yes, I see in the chat, Dixon was elite today. I don't want Dixon to be elite. I liked it better when Dixon was not even getting on the field for entire games. In this game, Dixon had five punts. Um, Ah... if you're tuning in to make for me to make you feel better, that's not the show you're going to get, obviously. If you're tuning in because you want to see someone who's as pissed as you are, <laughs> then that's the show you're getting. And now we get the rest of the day, and holy crap, folks, like It's hard to not feel like, oh man, this is when you know, the 49 ers will win today and the Broncos will win today, and it'll just feel like the friggin sky's falling. I'm hoping that we get some luck somewhere in there, but oof, this one really stings. I, I, I'm not going to be able to get over this one for a while. This is why I write my morning after call, and this is why I write it the day after, because this is how I used to be after every Seahawks loss. I just get so freaking invested in this team, and I cannot be rational soon after the game. And I find myself putting this one on the coaching staff. And the reason is because I don't think this team was ready. And I, I immediately, my, my mind goes to like, what did they do this week? How did they get prepared? Did they come, they came at the same time they did last year, as far as I know, or, or a few years ago when they went to London. So I think the schedule was the same. I wonder how much time they spent doing extracurricular stuff. Probably the same knowing Pete, but who knows? Something about this team wasn't ready. That's part of it. The other part of it that I put on coaching is having Brian Monet inactive. They got faked out before the game even started. Why... Why deactivate one of your better defensive linemen? Even if you think they're going to be, even if you think they're going to be passing the ball a bunch and not running much, deactivate somebody else. Like Monet has been a high use rotation player. And if they had him active, they would have at least had the opportunity to adjust to how the Bucks were playing. They could have put Monet and Woods together like they've been doing the rest of the year, but they didn't have that option. And that was a huge, huge tactical error. They did not adjust well in the first half. They were getting blocked up. They were not able to stop anything. Offensively, they came out with a game plan that was not ready, did not work, did not adjust. Second half was better. But the fact that it was that much better is an indication of just how bad it was to start. It wasn't like, it wasn't like Tampa all of a sudden played different defense. I mean, Gino came out and was making like aggressive throws in the second half and just didn't happen in the first half. So I already mentioned the coaching decision about the fourth down. I just thought this was a, this was a game where Pete Carroll and his coaching staff should look in the mirror. This is, this is one that they kicked. Um, I don't know that I have a lot most, much more for you folks. I'm going to go pound some golf balls into a, into a net for a while and hopefully don't hurt myself doing it. I, uh, I wish you all, a wonderful rest of your Sundays. Hopefully it can't get worse than this. So hopefully it gets better and let's just really hope the the Titans find some way to win. I don't have a good feeling about that game, but that's of all the games left today. That's the biggest one. 49ers. I would be shocked if they lost to the chargers, it would be great, but I'd be shocked. So I, I, not getting any sleep on a weekend so you can watch your team play like shit. that's fun that's fun all right folks if you can do me a favor give the show a like at least give give something a thumbs up today if you can make it the show uh go over to subscribe go to patreon.com slash hawk get access to the slack channel where you can talk to a bunch of other patrons who are in commiseration mode i'm sure and folks Kudos to John Hurlbutt, one of our sponsors for many years of Altitude Homes. He was on the big screen like five times today. He was all over the place. So glad John got a chance to go. I think a lot of Seahawks fans had fun this week. Thank God they had fun beforehand because, oof, that was uh, that was rough. And uh, I just, I wish, I wish, wish, wish that this game was different. We now have the bye week. The team's going to have a chance to self-scout, make some adjustments, get healthy, hopefully. Trey Brown will be back. We'll see how he figures into it But they, they need to make some adjustments, need to make some adjustments, need to get better, and they're going to have to come back and, and play with a, an urgency that just wasn't there, was not there when this for entire half of football so boo 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 boo. all right folks take care have a good day